Hello and welcome to Stump Death and Taxes. And I'm not talking death or taxes today. I am talking Excel. And I guess I'm on a fraud kick of late. Not talking insurance per se, um, though it is about an insurance company, Allianz. Allianz has recently been fined for a fraud perpetrated by some people within the company that got found out and in general fraud does get found out but how this fraud was perpetrated and how it was found i wouldn't say it's an amazing story but it has various lessons and you know i can't say microsoft should be happy or sad or mad about any of this um you know, a piece of advice, of course, is, you know, don't perpetrate fraud. But if you're going to perpetrate fraud, don't use Excel by thinking that it is at all a secure way to do anything like password protect. But, you know, you can crack the passwords fairly easily. No, don't ask me how. I used to do it um, for my company when people had, of course, left and password protected files that were supposed, you know, I have a whole bunch of opinions about people who password protect Excel files. I don't have a very high opinion of that. Um, yes, protect a, a spreadsheet, protect a file so that people don't make inadvertent changes, but don't put a password on it because it's ridiculous, it's insulting, it's annoying, and it's not secure, it can be cracked, and I don't want to get into it. In any case, so I came across this on Twitter and I'm going to be reading some tweets out about this. So there were people at Allianz um, who evidently the Allianz figured out bonuses or whatever for some kind of product or some kind of services for clients. And, you know, this is not that unusual that obviously the service provider calculates the fee that they're going to charge but you would think for certain kinds of things if you're going to check up on what you're paying them i mean you do this as a consumer and i know i have i've i saw it happen this last few months with regards to energy bills people noticed of course and i definitely noticed when my fuel bill was over a thousand dollars and yes it was and blah 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 i looked really closely at the numbers and i'm like oh yeah yeah the fuel prices really did go up that high and yeah that usage is about right given the temperatures and how we use uh, fuel so that made sense well Rather than check out the numbers themselves for the fees, they would send things back. Most of the clients sent things back to Allianz to check. They didn't check it themselves. That said, someone basically monkeyed around with spreadsheets and then some crazy crap and also documented the fraud they did. Um, oh my gosh. So uh, the, there's this whole, and I will put links to this Twitter thread because I am not going to right now get into the details. This person, Johannes Borgen, 
um, and uh, did all the work. And I may write an article about this later, but it would not be getting into all of these details would be more of the, you know, don't do this and not just the moral don't do fraud, but um, <laughs> don't put your stuff in a password protected file, um, which is not much of a protection, and then put all of the details of how to perpetrate your fraud in the file. Um, I am going to read out some of this. This is from um, legal files, by the way. So he highlighted some stuff on a blank sheet in that workbook. So that's the Excel file. Copy and paste the entire EV sheet, thereby duplicating it exactly. Then after copying the data from the actual EV sheet, the instructions specified to create new manipulated figures. On the new sheet, target appropriate EVs and simply apply formulas you desire and copy up or down. So those are the falsified numbers. So basically documented to do the fraud. It wrote it down. Oh my gosh, what a noob. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. So um, instructions further described hiding the actual EV sheet output. So this EV sheet output, this is where the um, values are, where uh, the you know, the fees and all of that comes from. So if you believe the investor will not ask you to toggle to another portfolio, copy paste special value to the sheet. So they're pasting values um, where I think they're supposed to be formulas, hiding the original EV sheet and you are done. And there, there's what I call the um, asshole sick in here. I, you don't have to put sick when you have quotes, by the way, that's S-I-C, uh, which means I just copied it and there's an error here. That's all that sick means. But if you put quotes, and this is in a legal document, you don't have to put sick. Um, I know you copy pasted it. Everybody knows this. When people used to have to type things out and couldn't copy paste, yes, you had to put sick so that it was obvious you did not generate the error yourself. We know everyone can copy paste now. That's why I call it the asshole sick. I don't do it anymore. Anyway, Taylor's instructions also discuss concealing from investors formulas. So not only did they do a copy paste value thing and then just manually type in the numbers that they wanted to have to get the fees they wanted. They just totally made up numbers. They also had formulas that would because, you know, it gets kind of tiresome. I have carpal tunnel syndrome myself. I wouldn't want, you know, if I was doing a fraud, I want to automate my fraud. You know, that's the lesson. Automate your fraud. Um, <laughs> be efficient. Dear Lord, these people. Um, so they had, um, okay, so the first one is, you know, you, uh, change your numbers. So this one, he just remove a digit. So he take 42.1505489. So maybe he had a macro and it just removed one of the numerals in front of the decimal point. So 4.15 instead of 42.15. Okay, fine. And then he had, these were not very sophisticated frauds or formulas. Um, if open paren, risk is greater than 5%, comma, risk equals 
1.14%, comma, risk equals 2.1235%. So if risk was over a certain number, you set it equal to 3.03%. Otherwise, so if it was less than 5%, then you set it equal to 2.1235. Okay. And so someone obviously got a hold of the spreadsheets and actually bothered to look. Um, it, it's amazing to me. And to a certain extent, it wasn't a bad guess to a certain extent. So here is, here is something to think about if you're doing a fraud like this and you're not so first off, you're going to say you're not getting audited at all. You can only get away with something like this to begin with if you're never, ever, ever getting your spreadsheets audited. So, you know, all of these spreadsheets are flying around and no one's ever, 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 ever checking them. So that's to begin with, and that's audit. Audit is the formal process. Okay, so that's one level, but you know what? Audit is a special, uh, a special process, and a lot of times it's not that it's a surprise. You know that it's, it's coming. Um, audit comes in and you have files and yada, yada. Well, often, you know, people are emailing files around and you were just assuming no one would ever look at the spreadsheet and ask questions of the numbers. Well, you know, to a certain extent, I mean, and this drove me nuts in my first job, at, you know, as an actuarial student. And when people hear that actuarial student, you're taking classes. Well, no, I mean, I'm taking exams, but I'm a full time employee. It just means an actuarial student just means I'm not fully credentialed yet. Um, so. I noticed that no one was looking at the details of my spreadsheets, but as I got older, as I matured, I realized they really were looking at my spreadsheets, just not at the level I thought it needed to be looked at and what they were doing. And it seemed like magic to me when I originally started out. My boss could look at a spreadsheet and see the numbers and just say, you know, that's not right. And I'm like, wait a second, you, you're just looking at the numbers. You're not even looking at the formulas. How can you tell that I didn't do it correctly? And now he wouldn't always catch all my errors, but like at a high level, he could tell, you know, that's not quite right. It should have increased by 5% or something. He had a number in mind. And this is something that I should have remembered from when I taught, say, calculus. Um, the example I always gave was when I taught calculus and we used the tool Maple. And maybe you're not familiar with Maple. Maybe you've heard of Mathematica. And they had to do worksheets on the computer. It could do symbolic mathematics, but it also calculated numerically. And so you would put stuff in like equal sign of 15. So open paren, 15, close paren, and it would give a number and people would put it in. But of course, what's the native unit for the sine function? It's not degrees, it's radians. And most of the students wouldn't convert it 
into radians, they would just be thinking of degrees. Um, you know, they wouldn't do like pi divided, is it pi divided by 180 or times 180 over pi? You know, they didn't even think that they had to convert it. Um, and sometimes they would get something where it was even in the wrong quadrant where it gave a negative number and the sign should have been positive and they didn't even think about that. Uh, there were things where it was like blatantly obvious. So let me give you something basic that is from uh, financial reporting. In life insurance, there's something called DAC, uh, Deferred Acquisition Cost. Now, I believe this has changed since I left financial reporting, um, but there's something called DAC and it's something DACable in this, that, and the other. Um, so there's a lot of upfront cost in acquiring business in life insurance and life insurance policies last a long time. And so we can amortize that acquisition cost over the expected lifetime of that policy. Well, <laughs> it's an asset that you amortize. And so you're, it's a cost and this is an accounting thing. It's very abstract and you're taking a cost turning it into this asset, it amortizes the amount that asset goes down is a cost that flows through the income statement until it hits zero. <laughs> when it hits zero, it goes away. You have just used up all of that initial acquisition cost and you have accounted for it over the lifetime of the policy. Well, I had somebody working for me who was new to financial reporting. Now, mind you, I was new to financial reporting, but I got the concept of what DAC was intended to do. And she was doing something that made for a negative DAC. And I'm like, DAC cannot be negative. Similarly, like getting an IBNR, which is uh, incurred but not reported, you can get absurd results for those too. Uh, these numbers have meaning to us. So we can look at numbers in a spreadsheet because it has meaning, because we have a gut feel for what these numbers are supposed to be doing. We can look at it and say, oh yes, that's correct. Um, now it can get very complicated. And that's the case with this Allianz situation. If people aren't paying very close attention. Now, actuaries are detail-oriented people and we do pay close attention. We know how things interact. So the problem is if you don't have clients who are paying very close attention, maybe you can get away with this. But there probably were a few clients who did pay attention and maybe they were the ones who made the complaints. I don't know. Um, so I may, I'm very busy right now. So that's why I don't have time. I, I put some links for myself and I'm going to drop some links into the notes on the podcast notes, you know, on the Substack, so that you can read the thread for yourself. I want to dig into it some more because I love a good spreadsheet screw up story. This is not really a screw up per se. It's how did a fraud go wrong? How was a fraud detected? And I love these stories. Um, Madoff was one who managed to get a fraud going for a very long time. It's difficult to do, by the way, to get away with fraud for a very long time. Um, I want to see how long these guys were able to keep it going because this sounds really, really stupid. Uh <laughs> 
That's all I gotta say about that. But this is a lesson to the people who were defrauded. You guys need to really pay attention to these things. This does not need, mean that you have to audit everything, but you do need to pay some attention. Um, people notice this with their fuel bills when it deviated by a huge amount. People paid a lot of attention, but every so often you should take a look at your bills. You should take a look at things and say, does this pass your smell test? Is this behaving the way it should be? Um, it's not always fraud, but it can always be something a little hinky. Uh, and the reason they get away with it is because nobody is looking. So maybe take a look every so often. That's my piece of advice. You don't have to be detail-oriented. You just have to look around from time to time. That's my opinion. So that's been Stump, Death and Taxes, and maybe I can do something about something other than fraud next week. So see y'all.